This is the 59th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me are my dear co-hosts, Robinson Sien and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, hi, how do you do? Hello, friends. Let's do this. Hope you're doing all well. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found every week on the Top Deck app. In this week's episode, we will talk paper legacy as always. And after that, we will return with the second stab at the Legacy Staple Connoisseur panel. This week with one of my all-time favorite cards, Dark Ritual. But first, Cardboard of the Week. Robin, how have you been keeping at the local game store? So I received a long-awaited package from the postman and it included two copies of Minsk and Boo Timeless Heroes and one copy of a hamster token. So with that in my possession I decided that I had to try out my adepts for the first time ever. And I also were running <laughs> the tournament at the local game store and I brought my 11 year old son with Delver. <laughs> how, how did that go? <laughs> Pretty hard deck. He, yeah, he went uh, 0-3 and got the buy. So one win for him over over nobody. <laughs> over B, yeah. <laughs> over B, yeah. The Danish player never shows up. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's 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 a harder deck to play, but uh, he insists of learning it. So that's that's cool. That's the spirit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But like Naya Depths was super fun and of course not super easy to play as it is more of a Maverick type deck which I have actually never played in my entire life before but very interesting so I'll give you a short report here I started off facing off against Yes Guy and in game one I draw my singleton Minsk and Boo I had one in the main and one in the sideboard and it just finished the game on its own enough said game two in a similar fashion I boarded in Blasts I boarded in Chokes, and like in that flex spot where some people are playing Glacial Chasm, I play a Veil of Summer instead. Because like it's an anti-combo card, so to say, but I cannot like comprehend playing Glacial Chasm. I think it's so niche card, like it's possibly against Elves or maybe, I don't know, against some decks it can come in. But I wanted some card that do a little bit more, basically. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not in love with the Glacial Chasm either. But, you know, playing Veil, if you're playing against blue decks, and uh, you know that if uh, Minsk and Boo hits the battlefield, just bringing in another another Veil there as well can be lights out for some decks. So I, I do think it's quite strong. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, it, it does something against Storm decks, and it does something, like, against discard decks like reanimator and uh, and it also have text in in like the blue mirror so it's a little bit more versatile card but i have it in my like anti-combo slot so to say instead of uh, preventing damage it it uh, forces through my spell or or counters the tendrils of agony that was the thinking so here it, it did some great anti uh, anti-blue and anti-control uh, which is also, of course, very strong at. But so in game two, I think I landed a choke and a Minsk and Boo. And that was all she wrote. Then I got paired up against the end boss way too soon. Mr. Delta the Hope was on his new spicy fable lands, which is like four fables for ancient tombs and uh, four spheres in the main and no merit lage plan. 
So just constructs. Oh, baby. Wow, that's just so dirty. Love it. Yeah. For me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's kind of like what you were brewing a bit not too long ago, Robin, but without the fable. But, you know, when you were jamming those spheres in the main. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing blue, no, sorry, green and white with main deck. Savine's reclamations. I got stomped by that when we played a bit. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> and these main deck spheres, I'm having an allergic reaction right now. This is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in game one, he sort of draws poorly, I think, and don't really get to do anything. And I think that I managed to make a Merit Lage under controlled circumstances and just finish him off. But then in game two and game three, he gets to board out some of the not stellar cards in the matchup and uh, he just grinds me out with construct, endless stream of constructs. And like here I also, of course, my inexperience with the deck and of course with the matchup as well, uh, I do some questionable decisions of like crop rotating for wasteland to kill his Ursa Saga when it triggers but then next time he just loams it back I'm like oh hmm, maybe it should be in a bog instead <laughs> and well you know how it can be so he kills me in game two and game three and then I'm up against uh, a returning player which I haven't seen in a long while he is a notorious control player and he is on four color Uro and we play three super grindy games or oh, Two of them are super grindy. One is quite fast with like enlightening speed because like that's our playstyle. And it was it was really fun to like bringing back memories of playing against him in control mirrors and just like playing super fast. Yeah, to, I, to have a chance to crossing the finish line. I, I know who this player is. Uh, he's uh, yeah. one of the people I went to Bologna with, and uh, he's yeah. he's a lightning fast control player. And you also play pretty fast. So seeing this four color Uro pile versus you on you know this uh, glorified maverick uh, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it must have been lightning fast i wish i could have seen that yeah i mean it was and a lot of mistakes were made especially from my part because i was like playing a little bit sloppy to just to just keep up the tempo but in game one i i think i start with means can boo in my hand so like the plan is is clear from the get-go so i like bait out the fov with i think a knight or something like that and then i I jammed a little hamster maker and just ride it to victory. So this card is like overperforming, of course, in the in the control mirrors. And then no, sorry, sorry, we we grind it out and he takes it down. I'm sorry. And in game two, then I have this insane curve of choke into Minskenbu, where he's like, yes, uh, I'm not winning this. Every control player's dream. Yeah, yeah. And then in game three, we both start with libraries and drawing like all uh, all other cards and just going down to like four or something like that. And then we end up in a Minsk and Boo standoff where we both have this little planeswalker and we both have Caracas. So we can both like bounce the <laughs> hamster before it comes back. Oh, man. <laughs> this is terrible. And the minus on Minsk and Boo, it, this is a super fair card because you can respond to the minus ability by like destroying the target. And if you do that, like, you don't really get the value out of it, right? Yeah, it's kind of like when you minus with Grist and they bolt your only creature in response. You're like, yeah, it happens. It sucks. Right, right. So, so like, this goes on for quite a while where we're, like, just, like, three counters on Minsk. Oh, bounce it. Okay. And, <laughs> and, like, passing the turn forth and back and, like, plowing something from the other side and then drawing new cards with Silban Libraries. That's just how the game goes. And eventually, like, he has so much removal in this deck. So, eventually, I, I realized that, like, my cards, my creatures are never, like, surviving for an attack. So, I just start 
jamming threats and just fling them at once. So if like if he has a plow, that's fine. I can draw new cards with a Sylvan. If he doesn't, I get to deal direct damage to him. So I think I, I, I fling a knight, which is maybe something like an 8-8 or something, to, to get him low. Because he's been gaining some life with the Uro, of course. Eventually, I, I have this... He's down to three life and I play player Elvish Reclaimer. And he has to force it. And there I have that glorified one of Veil of Summer. Beautiful. <laughs> I've been, like <laughs> keeping the whole game for this particular At lightning moment. speed too. Like fling, fav, whoa, whoa. <laughs> And after the game you gotta go like, yeah, it's my singleton flex slot in the sideboard. <laughs> you gotta say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I had I had already burned like two or three blasts. It was a, quite a grindy game. So uh, actually, Minsk and Boo flinging Reclaimer won that game in the end. And then until the final match, I matched up against Death and Texas. In game one, he has a Caldra that is beating down on me. And I don't really have any answer for that in game one. I, I mean, I can sort the germ, of course, and I can end ending on the germ but uh, other than that it's just a recurring threat that's really annoying so i have to go for merit lage and i have already drawn out like the removal so merit lage gets to do its thing and then in game two i stumble a little bit on uh, mana while he can develop his board and then he just runs me over and then in game three we have this sort of standoff again which happens easily. So I get a Collector Oof, which shuts off his equipment. I get an Excavator that can recur land, such as Dryad Arbor, to block. And I have a Tower of Magistrate to dismantle his equipment. We have this standoff for quite a while, and in this matchup, like most of his creatures doesn't really matter for me. Like Spirit of the Lambert doesn't do anything, Talia doesn't do much. And it's only like the equipment that really matters. And of course, from my side, the knights are super big. I can ma- make Merit Lage, but I don't necessarily have to. But then he finds a plow and uh, kills my collector Oof. And he has enough mana to just start equipping his equipments to his creatures and swing. So I realized that I have to do something. And he starts with the Batter Skull to gain a little bit of life. And that puts him over 20. But... Since he's pl- just played the plow, I guess it's safe to make the Merit Lage. And I have uh, the Sergir step in my hand. So I can, like, on the other turn, I can play the Sergir step, give my knight protection from white, and then swing with Merit Lage and the knight for, like, 30 damage or something like that. That finishes it up. 30 points of damage? Are you a Belcher deck? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like, the... The yeah. play step from hand, you're like, okay, but he can't attack with knight and step. That's great. Right. But then you just play it from hand and it's always soul crushing. Uh, you play two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one I already used to to protect knight, I think, from uh, from a plow earlier when it was... Of so course. Easy. It's brutal. So it's always the second step that gets them. <laughs> it's always the first step. That's the mantra. Two yeah, step. Two-step two plan. Two step. First step, right. survive. Second step, kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the deck was super fun and felt quite powerful. Of course, I will need a little bit more practice with it, but quite enjoyable to play. And, like, having this grind planned in addition to the fast Merit Lage plan and, like, new hot planeswalker that just people don't have any answers for. All of that was really fun. So, can uh, definitely recommend playing in iAdept. So, how was... Did you get to play anything, Christopher? No, I, I actually didn't play any Legacy this week. I've mostly been brewing and just 
chilling out a bit. My wife is going on a business trip this week, so uh, now I got all the time in the world to play some bonus games and brew a bit. But uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't get much in, so I've mostly been looking at some sweet spoilers and looking on how to optimize different decks that I'm building right now. Yeah, same here. Essentially, I didn't get to play much because this was last couple of days of summer vacation for my daughter and then, of course, me because I took care of her and then uh, starting school for her. So that was a big thing. So I focused on that. Very cool. Well, amazing for you, Robin, getting those Minsk and Boo and Token in the mail and just swinging with it. But now, let us pull up the hoods of our most sinister robes and gather the Legacy Staple Connoisseur panel once more, this time for another iconic one-drop Dark Ritual. Yeah. It is a card that, according to our list, has been printed in 23 legal sets with 12 different arts to choose from. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. More than you think, or more than I thought, I should say. And this week, I will kick things off by first stating that Dark Rituals I play, as I've said a couple of times on this podcast, uh, they are the better ones. And I love that art. I think more than Brainstorm that we talked about in the last time we had this segment, I think the original Dark Ritual art is something that you sort of have to uh, go in dialogue with when you make a new Dark Ritual art because the name is also in the same way, I think, as Brainstorm. I mean, perhaps a bit limiting in what you can do. But where I thought that people had gone wrong with Brainstorm, I think people have done better with Dark Ritual. And the best art, in my view, is not the better one, even though it's really high up there. But my favorite one is, and I will go back to to my safe zone here from Brainstorm, Mystical Archive. This is version 2. So that's Mystical Archive number 89 by Rien. And this is a full art Japanese art card style. And I just think this is stunning. This is essentially someone sitting in a um, sort of traditional Japanese house style with these uh, iconic paper walls praying, it looks like, with some candles. And you see these super dark demonic hands and monstrous demon shapes in the smoke getting formed. There's this red hand of a demon almost clutching on the candles and this arm with the hand appears out of sort of nowhere. You get the sense that this ritual is just about to finish and uh, I, I love this. I love this so much. I should get this. What do you think? One thing that I really like with this is that it's sort of echoes back to like the original beta one. Like with the, you know, the pale fire, which is in that is sort of similar to like the pale smoke or whatever it is on, in this picture. So it, it has like that gloomy look that is a little bit similar. And it, it's a very nice choice, I think. Yeah, I think this this really feels like a reanimator dark ritual as well. I think when you put dark ritual on the stack, you're kind of like this person on the image. You're just sitting there. You have all of these 
diabolical plans uh, that are coming from another dimension maybe but you're just sitting there and if it resolves then we'll see what comes out of the smoke i think it's very cool and i also like the art style of it it feels like it's very sort of blurry i can't i can't i don't know the 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 right word for it but it it has this very nice like painted feeling and a lot of times i feel like some art gets too digitalized and this is just like the polar opposite yeah i think it's a very clean choice good one it almost looks like it has some texture on it right yeah that's the the graininess that's the thing the i was thinking about. Yeah. yeah 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 i really like that it makes the paper look more alive yeah i think it might be the canvas that this has been painted on that gives it this texture sense but i don't know it could also just be the image that we found that has sort of this this graininess to it which is why i should get physical copies to see for myself but i really like the the comment you said robin here about the smoke that's sort of shaped as demons coming coming forth harkening back to the specific color of the fire in the in the og dark ritual it feels too good to be a coincidence and uh, i like that observation very much so uh, christopher to which uh, darkness have you uh, traveled it's kind of like uh, one one note Vikström coming in hot but eye of twilight give us sight take our offer give us might make our power tears of night i choose the marsadian masks one and it has this very ominous cloud or dark energy in the background with an eye in it and there are free hooded hoodlums <laughs> like free hooded people that victor was talking about earlier when we put on our robes and uh, when i think about dark ritual i either think about beta or this version this one is just such a clean card for me it it makes free mana there are free mages and what comes out of the cloud is a bit ominous you're not really sure what's going to happen next but if you just look at it 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 has it's it's not a super dark picture like if you just remove the frame and such the background is very dark but then it's a lot of light blue the robes are kind of like they're in uh, you know a, a spotlight so energy is just glowing from all over and i think this is just such a such a nice card and whenever i if if my opponent plays this and then goes on to kill me, I'm like, I'll, I'll live, I'll live with it. So it's, uh, I just love it. Like I like from brain from the brainstorm episode. I really love the Marsadian staples, and uh, this is no op, no no not different for me. So uh, this is my choice, and it's by Rebecca Guay, who is always a heavy hitter in the art scene. So what do you guys think? Yeah, Guay always really hits home. I, I like this choice. Uh, as you said, it, it's an image that evolves the more you look at it. And that's, I think, I mean, this is a card that you want to see in your opening hand. So you want to be looking at it. Yeah, you look into you look into the void and the void looks back. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, it has, the, the color schemes are light. It feels like this is sort of, I don't know, watercolor technique, perhaps. Uh, and these three chanting uh, robed hooded figures are standing on top of some bluish, watery pool sort of uh, risen up little uh, precipice. i don't really know what it is it's quite abstract in that sense but it's a light blue color that dominates the bottom of the picture and this big cloud is also light purple light green the color black isn't really that sort of prominent here but the 
even so, you don't get the feeling that they are sort of summoning the god of the suns. Yeah, like all of the colors that we associate with life is uh, void in this picture. The green is a sickish green, uh, not a healthy one that you see in a lot of the green cards. And same with the blue and purple. They're like, sure, water is like the foundation of all life, but this is not that kind of water. So yeah, what do you think, Robin? So I'm a big fan of this... uh art of dark ritual as well what i play in in most of my dark ritual decks is is the original art same as victor there i don't own beta copies unfortunately but i have foreign black borders copies that i run and but like in reality and when like i really think about it i think that if i play original art dark ritual the spell that should come out of it is a hypnotic specter. So, like, when playing Legacy, <laughs> this is... <laughs> the OG. Yeah. So when playing Legacy, this is one of my absolute favorite arts of Dark Ritual. And I think that this is the art that you should use, you should choose if you play it in Adnosium Tendrils. Because this is just... For me, it's it's so related to like storm archetype decks. I'm not really sure, but maybe it has something to do with like the weather sort of cloud going on in the background, or like the dance that might just go faster and faster as the rituals keeps coming, and it's sort of it's building up to this insane fury that is unleashed with the tenders of agony in the in the end of the sequence. So I'm really a big fan of uh, of this art when it comes to legacy play. Cool. And uh, what's your pick then? So one of the first combo decks that I put together in Legacy was uh, Tinfins, or like a similar deck to Tinfins that also were running Magus of the Mind. So this is like an instant reanimator deck where you want to make a Grizzle Brand, you want to attack with it at the same turn, and then you want to draw as many cards as possible, and then you want to reanimate this Magus of the Mind which will give you a Mind's Desire trigger when you sacrifice it to Cabal Therapy. So you like shuffle your deck and then reveal a silly number of cards that you get to play for free, and then you win with the Tenders of Agony in the end. So in this deck, you play not the ordinary reanimator package, you play all the instant reanimator spells. So that's Shallow Grave and the Corpse Dance, which both gives like the the big demon gives it haste so that it can strike for a seven with lifelink. And in this deck, I really like this uh, dark ritual that is it's uh, drawn by John Coldheart and uh, it is from the Mirage set, same as the Shallow Grave. So it has a, like a similar aesthetic to it and uh, it's best what I can describe as some sort of like voodoo ritual and but it has that sort of similar white flame or very pale smoke that you could see in both Victor's choice and in the original art and it goes really well together with both Shallow Grave and Corpse Dance as aesthetic cards for me and like I'm not really sure why, but I get this super Iron Maiden vibe by all of these arts. It's <laughs> yes. the orange color. Yeah, I think maybe it's the orange color that, that does it. It it It's so, so like uh, Iron Maiden all over it. Yeah, Sh- Shallow Grave is even the same artist. Right, that's true. So they, they go very well together. And this, like, this is uh, one of the cooler Dark Ritual arts in my book. What do you guys think? 
Now that you've sort of pointed out the strong maiden presence here, I mean, I like this choice to begin with, but now you sort of, it grows in my eyes and you can't help but think that the people who drew these cards must have at least seen the Iron Maiden covers or whatever did inspire the Iron Maiden covers to begin with, because that might be some interesting art piece that I have or some some artist that I am unaware of that perhaps our Discord will enlighten us on later. But I, I really like the idea of uh, of matching your staples as your basics with other themes in your deck. For example, my choice of Dark Creature would not work with these cards at all. It would just look sort of awkward. But but for you, it makes a lot of sense. It, it feels like this Dark Ritual feels sort of less necromancy in that dark sort of gothic sense and more necromancy in that sort of zombie sense yeah which also the art styles of of uh, shadow and corpse dance give the impression of so uh that's interesting i think and i like the choice yeah i I really like this one as well it's it's one of the ones that i also have a playset of at home that i played a lot in uh in Adnosium Tendrils. And uh, I, I also like it. The free mana, and you see free people doing this ritual. I think it's just super flavorful. And like Victor said, this is a card that kind of have to go along with older cards as well, like the Shallow Grave, uh, because they, they come from the same era, like the same art direction is very clear. And if you would tr- cast a, a Shallow Grave from the ritual that maybe Victor picked, I would just be like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> but it's it's different if you go like Dark Ritual this into Entomb Shallow Grave or something. It it, it all feels very cohesive. But uh, now when you all when you put an Iron Maiden idea into my head, I'm just like, how can you get some Iron Maiden lyrics into this? And my head, of course, because Mirage is kind of like a deserty set. So I'm just thinking, you know, two. Storm count from lethal. <laughs> yeah. I'll ten drills you for twenty-two. So this is kind of like this is kind of <laughs> like uh, one of those. I can't get the he- the image out of my head now. This is this is always going to be the two storm count from <laughs> so lethal. Awesome. But yeah, I I really like this pick, and it I I kind of disagree uh, a bit. This feels very necromancy for me. Like it's. Uh, I, I can't remember if, if Victor said that it didn't feel necromancy. No, it, it's necromantic, but not in the gothic sense, more in the zombie sense. And not I think the there's like a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, for me, this feels, you know, the energy that's coming out of the ground or whatever that is. It reminds me a lot of the movie Prince of Egypt, when uh, the god sends out this uh, ominous cloud of light that just kills all of the firstborns. And mm. this kind of feels a bit like that. So it could either be a tendrils or that you're sucking life out of something to give it into something else. I, uh, it's a really good art. I, I love it. Which is what tendrils do, right? And that is all we have for this week. We hope you had a good time and feel that we have called forth the demons of hell in an appropriate manner. If you like our podcast, may we suggest you recommend it to a friend. Unless, of course, you'd like us to stay unheard of and keep our street cred. It's a choice that you can make. If you like nice people or if you want to hate on our dark ritual choices, you are 
much welcome to join the Discord server. You can find a link in the episode description. In addition to our Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter at STHLMLegacy. Us co-hosts are also present personally on some social media. Robin, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jackabu. And you can find me there as well. Not on his Twitter, but on my own, which is MonolithMTG. And me too can be found on Twitter at Disco Drogo. And that is the end of the 59th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. Warm thanks to you for listening. The Great Frenners has written our music as always. You can find their work on Spotify. And until next episode, stay away from Chalice.